the Italian Wine Podcast is the community-driven platform for Italian wine geeks around the world. Support the show by donating at italianwinepodcast.com. Donate five or more euros and we'll send you a copy of our latest book, My Italian Grape Geek Journal, absolutely free. To get your free copy of My Italian Grape Geek Journal, click support us at italianwinepodcast.com or wherever you get your pods. Grazie mille. Welcome to The Next Generation with me, your host, Victoria Cecce. This is your podcast to learn about all the cool things Italians 30 and under are up to in the food and wine scene. And yes, that includes all the best things to eat. Welcome back to another episode of The Next Generation with me, your host, Victoria Cecce. So today we have a wonderful guest, a straight from Monza, I believe, yes, Matteo Pavoni of Peacock's Coffee. And we're going to dive into a very interesting and very important facet of Italian culture is the coffee, the coffee bar, the cappuccino, all that good stuff. And I'm so pleased to welcome Matteo. Ciao, Matteo. Ciao, Victoria. Hi, everyone. And uh, thank you for having me. It's, um, it's a great pleasure to be here with you. Yes, thank you for joining us. It was so wonderful to meet you last week at the World Food Forum and get to taste some of your coffee. And you're doing some really, really cool things. And I'm really excited to talk a little bit, well, talk a lot about, obviously, Italian coffee. But let's talk about you for a second. Tell me a little bit about who you are. Yes, for sure. And at FAO in Rome, it was also great for me to share a coffee that we'll talk about later, for sure. Just a quick introduction about myself. I am 30 years old and I live in uh, near Monza, actually, so in the Brianza area. But uh, my experience in the coffee world started in the UK in uh, 2013. So I moved there uh, after my high school uh, diploma and I started working in coffee. That was my first job ever. So I, I didn't have any expectation on the world of coffee. And I actually found there is uh, so much to learn. And still now, since uh, 2013, I worked in coffee as a barista, then uh, as a barista trainer, a roaster and all sort of stuff. And then in 2018, I moved back to Italy and I started uh, with my brother, Ricardo, our roastery, which is called uh, Peacock's Coffee. Wow. So you started really young. So you started, you were just like 20 years old. Yeah, exactly. I, well, uh, working in coffee, yes, I was uh, 19. So uh, that was my first experience. Uh, and um, I was lucky to find uh, this uh, manager in the first coffee shop I worked in. He was so passionate about coffee that uh, I was like, uh, I want to be like you. So I, I never changed it. Uh, that feeling you're like, I want to be you when I grow up. <laughs> And now you're doing it. Exactly, yes. <laughs> oh, I have a question for you. So when you first moved to the UK, as an Italian, what was the most culture-shocking thing about uh, coffee culture for you that you didn't expect? Uh, I, I, You know, it's funny. I can tell you a couple of things. Because uh, first of all, I didn't have any experience in coffee at all. But people meeting me and seeing that I was Italian, they assumed that I knew <laughs> about coffee. They were like, oh, you are Italian, so you must know about coffee a lot. And actually, what I realized uh, was that the UK coffee scene and the speciality coffee scene was way ahead of Italy and way ahead of Italian coffee quality. So that was the first thing. The other one that shocked me is the amount of milk that uh, UK consumers drink throughout all day. Uh, while in Italy, 
drinking cappuccino and milky coffee is very difficult after 11 a.m. That's the time limit. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that's another argument. <laughs> A very popular one worldwide now. Yes, absolutely. So these things were different compared to Italy, but I was also very young and I didn't have really a lot of experience in coffee in Italy. So to me, UK was the very first uh, experience in coffee. So do you feel like your experience in the UK kind of flipped your perspective in the way that first it was going in with those kind of traditions of understanding, like you realized that your knowledge of coffee was more about traditions. It wasn't necessarily about like production or the quality. And then you kind of like got to learn the other side. Yes, absolutely. So um, I totally agree with this because um, our perception of, of coffee uh, from Italy uh, is uh, something that we, we have in our culture. So we think is good by default. And actually, when I started working in the UK, the first thing that I was told about was, uh, okay, so the coffee we are using actually comes from this place, this origin, this altitude, uh, and this processing. And I was like, ah, oh, really? All these things happen in a cup of coffee? So there was a totally different approach that I was lucky to experience because then I brought back to my job here in Italy. So that gave me definitely a better insight into the coffee world. And more curiosity as well. And so when was the point when you knew that you wanted to start your own coffee company? The third year of living in the UK, I moved to Bath, to a city called Bath near Bristol, working with uh, Maxwell Colonna uh, at uh, Colonna and Smalls, which is one of the best independent coffee shops in Europe. That experience to me was amazing because I got to see how you can actually put your personal character and approach into a coffee shop. How can you share your ideas to consumers? So that really made me want to have my own thing and do the same in Italy as Maxwell did in, in the UK. Uh, being able to express myself through coffee. So that where probably I realized I wanted to have my own company, yes. I love that because it's like you have the tradition in you from being Italian and then you had that experience learning more about the quality of coffee and also how people embrace coffee culture in other places. And then it's like now you want to express yourself and kind of break the mold, you know, because as we see, like we were talking about previously in Italy sometimes, and though it's changing now, it's like almost as if you can't fight the tradition because it is what it is. But there's so much more beauty to coffee that can get suffocated by that. Yes, absolutely. As you said, it's changing now. But uh, many people ask me, why did you not open uh, your roastery in the UK since you were uh, living there? And the answer is uh, that in Italy is, is a lot more challenging and therefore is more fun for me. And yeah, as you said, I can bring back my experience from another country and uh, it's much, much more fun to challenge the expectation of how people think coffee should taste like. But that's so important to bring up the fact that you, people ask you, like, why didn't you just stay in the UK? But it was because you still have that, like, love for where you're from and you want to help, I guess, you know, make it better. Like, not, I don't want to say better because it's not like one's better than the other necessarily, but you want to give back because I think there's obviously, we don't have to get into like the political discussion of this, but there's this kind of stereotypical notion that's like, oh, you know, young Italians leave Italy and blah, blah, blah. But it's funny for me, at least an Italian American living in Italy, though the quantities aren't large, I see what's really inspiring for me is seeing people like yourself who are doing the work and investing and knowing that like it can bring good in the long term. And it's really exciting to see because 
I'm somebody that hates like stereotypes. Like I hate when people just make these generalizations. And I'm like, for me, like going to these cool, like even in Rome, and I'm sure you know, like there's some really lovely specialty coffee shops that popped up. And it's so exciting because it, it feels like home for me because a lot of them remind me of like New York, New Jersey, but it's still Italian. And I love it because it brings everyone together. Are you enjoying this podcast? Don't forget to visit our YouTube channel, Mama Jumbo Shrimp, for fascinating videos covering Stevie Kim and her travels across Italy and beyond, meeting winemakers, eating local food, and taking in the scenery. Now back to the show. Yes, we definitely have our uh, identity, so you can still experience the Italian uh, approach, but uh, with the younger generation, uh, you get to see also more experience because most of, of my colleagues, most of my competitors, they have been traveling around, so they have been experiencing different cultures and they bring it back here, which doesn't mean that we want to remove Italian uh, traditions, but we, we just want to open people's mind a little bit more and um, and in coffee especially is uh, is really important that consumers do that uh, so we we try to do our best if i look back at uh, for example 2018 when i started our roastery uh, there were other uh, roasteries focusing on specialty coffee there were a few specialty coffee shops but now i feel like in every big city in italy there is at least uh, one good coffee shop and one good roastery so absolutely and that's so true. And it was it was actually a question I wanted to ask you before, you know, diving more into your business. But there's so many wonderful traditions in Italian coffee culture, like just the simple aspect of leaning uh, like al banco, like on the on the counter, you know, like that simplicity is something I don't think will ever leave because it's so it's fantastic. And it's so open. And it's such a driver of community too to like lean on the bar. And even if you're alone, talk to your barista. And that's what I do love, actually. You're, you're making me smile because I remember I went to Faro. Faro, yes. Yeah, uh, in Rome. And I walked in there and, you know, it's very hip and cute and whatever, very popular. And they have a small banco where there are pastry cases. And I was thinking, oh, gosh, like, can you still like lean here? Because it seems more like it reminded me of like New York where you just get your stuff and you go or you sit down. But then there was these two old Italian men like they're just leaning, taking up a bunch of space, having it like a chat. And I was like, yes, like it hasn't changed. You can still do it. Yes. That will always be there. And it made me so happy because for me that I love that element, but I also like the element of being able to sit for a while, have like a little cookie or something. Yeah. So I think uh, on one hand, uh, it's part of our culture and uh, it will always be there. So we need to take the positive from this. Consuming coffee quickly at the bar may not be the best option when you are serving specialty coffee and uh, expensive uh, quality coffee. But it's still part of breaking the barrier between the barista and the consumer. So that is an occasion for maybe a more knowledgeable consumer to, or more curious consumer to ask questions to the barista. As you mentioned, when you are alone, you can still go to the bar and have a coffee and maybe have a chat with who's working there. So that's a good thing. But I also love when uh, you can take your time and sit down and, and really enjoy the coffee, even if it's espresso, it doesn't have to be drunk that quickly, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. That's so true. What I wanted to ask was besides the bar, which now I'm thinking of it is also relates to when you think about spirits as well. Like if you go to a cocktail bar, it's the same kind of thing where you, you want to sit and if it's a good, you know, 
spirit, I don't know whether it's a mezcal or an amaro or something, you want to talk and understand what it is you're sipping. You don't want to take a shot of it like of course. <laughs> like you're at a party. But but also that it is an option. But anyways, back to my question. Besides the the counter, is there an aspect of Italian coffee culture for you that will always be with you, no matter how much you become an expert barista? You mean to me personally? Yeah. Uh, that's a good question, actually. I, I don't know because um, it's difficult because the first time I started really consuming coffee, I was in the UK. When I was in Italy, I really didn't drink a lot of coffee. So my way of having coffee and joining coffee and even ordering coffee is, is really from a different country. So I can see many people, what they do here, and I can tell you what's something that to me will never ever stop and is the fact that uh, I don't know if you've noticed this but when uh, somebody order coffee uh, it doesn't really matter if they know or don't know uh, that, co- that type of coffee they always put sugar like immediately like automatically <laughs> that's a thing I would never understand and I don't think it will ever stop oh yeah it's funny because I don't know how familiar you are with uh, certain like Latin American cultures and whatnot, but it was something I found like that paralleled, especially like Southern Italian culture, because like how bitter the coffee is and they always make the crema with the sugar. Yeah. Yes. And and even like when you go like in like Puerto Rican households and stuff, like you make like a cortadito and like they are in Cuban culture, they like mix the sugar. It's such a ingrained, like every time I go and I, if I go, cause where I grew up, there is a lot of like Cubans and Puerto Ricans and in, in New Jersey. And they would always be like, you don't want sugar because I'm the same way. Like I, for me, I don't get why you'd always put sugar in things because I like to taste things. But then you soon realize that it's because all the coffee's burnt and you're like. Exactly. But uh, that's what we, we, we love about here because we are trying to, to let people understand that not all coffees are the same. So you can put sugar, of course, in those burnt and, uh, and bitter coffees. But if you get served a really, really good quality coffee, you should at least try before without sugar and then funny enough if you put sugar into a higher acidity uh, driven coffee it doesn't really make it sweeter it makes it sour it doesn't really work so that's why i think uh, communication uh, is one of the things uh, italian coffee professionals need needs to work a little bit more on because i see many good quality coffees around but um, the communication between barista and consumer is uh, is not uh, the best yet Interesting. You know, that's actually a really big topic to open up because Italian coffee culture is so much about community. But the fact that it's lacking is interesting. Is there like currently any like organizations or anything kind of? Well, we have uh, the SEA Italian uh, chapter, which is doing a great job. And uh, don't get me wrong, I I feel like uh, coffee professionals uh, here in Italy are doing a great job. But the the communication part to the consumers is always something very delicate. Since coffee is so much part of our culture, the consumer, even if he's not knowledgeable, thinks he knows about good quality coffee. (laughs) It's always very delicate to to speak with them and actually tell them what good quality is and uh, and why coffee has some acidity, some sweetness. So yes, I think... uh, Communicating with uh, with the consumers is um, is something we need to do a little bit better on, and and it's very challenging. So it's not it's not easy. Absolutely no. It's it, you're making me think also about the wine world because it's slightly different, but there's still that aspect where you have to you know guide the consumer 
but it's still delicate because people have their opinions and their preconceived notions. Exactly. And you don't want to be, you know, uh, seen as you are teaching them something. You, you, you still need to be, you know, polite and, uh, and not pretend like you know everything. That's, that's one of the things I, I dislike about, uh, about some professionals, right? They, they serve you maybe a really good coffee and they, and if you don't know why it's so good, then they act like uh, <laughs> they are the masters and they, they you know, Oh yeah, they're better than you. That's that's one of the things also that I don't really. Yeah, like. especially when it comes back to the fact that coffee is just like wine, just like um, food. It's something that is best shared, and in, in, in you know best um, having a conversation over. Like you want to feel comfortable when you're having it. Like when people think about having their morning coffee, of course it's about the coffee, but it's about that like moment of peace, that moment of of feeling good. And, and you don't want somebody talking down to you when you're trying to have that moment. Um, but I want to bring it back real quickly because I realized we didn't give enough spotlight to your brand, your brand, your, your coffee company, Peacock's Coffee. Can you tell us a little bit about the philosophy of your business? So, um, as I, as I mentioned, I st- everything started when, uh, when I moved to the UK and uh, my experience uh, got me to, to put together, um, my idea, my personal idea on, on coffee and my philo- philosophy. So when I moved back to Italy, I wanted to, to share this experience with people. So Peacock's Coffee was founded by me and my brother. And uh, our idea was to being able to share with the consumers in Italy um, unique coffees. And by unique coffees, I mean uh, those coffees that when you, when you try them, you really want to know why they taste the way they do. They do. So uh, whether that's the origin, the variety, or even the, the processing method, um, we wanted to make people curious about coffee uh, by, by offering something that they cannot find uh, in, in Italy. So we started in this way and to five years later. So now we are happy to say that um, we, we're very well known in the industry in Italy both because we, we work uh, with small producers and we, we always source coffees with uh, identity. And also because during this time, uh, I was able to, um, to compete in uh, coffee competitions uh, in Italy and then uh, represent Italy in the World Barista Championship uh, in 2022. So our idea uh, of coffee really is renowned and, um, and approved, I can say, by 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 coffee professionals around the world. Is uh, the name Peacocks because of like the beautiful different feathers of peacocks and how beautiful like in different coffee is? That's, <laughs> I know that's very uh, romantic. I wish I could say yes. <laughs> I wish I wish I could say yes, but uh, is actually uh, the oh, translation wow. of, of uh, my name, which is Pavoni. And yeah, uh, yeah but I wish that. I could say yes to that. <laughs> I, I could, yes. But uh, yeah, we, we wanted to keep everything in, um, uh, even our name in, in English, because uh, our experience in coffee is from the UK. So that's the, the, oh, the first, beautiful. first idea and we want to give. So um, tell us a little bit more about the coffees, because I, well, I gave a little preview earlier, but I was fortunate enough to taste some of the really cool coffees that you have. But is there one that you find is, I know they're all yes, special to so you and, and you do all that great work in sourcing, but 
Is there one you want to highlight? Definitely, yes. Um, so we, we always have a small uh, selection because we don't like to buy. Um, first of all, we don't have like huge volumes of sales, like big, big uh, roasting companies. So we are able to purchase small quantities from small producers and uh, we keep uh, a selection that is always rotating. So depending on what's seasonal, what's, what arrives to the roastery, what's tasting good, we, we change this selection. And currently we have this very interesting uh, coffee species uh, that um, doesn't belong to the Arabica uh, genre or to, or to the Robusta species. It's called uh, Excelsa. And uh, it's a fantastic species that is being um, uh, discovered in the in the in West Africa, and is actually now uh, being cultivated in uh, in the Asia area. And more specifically, the one we bought is from India, from a producer called uh, Mule Manai. And uh, the reason why I feel is so is so amazing and interesting is not just because the flavor is very unusual; it's quite uh, spicy and licorice is, is, is very interesting to, to try, but also because it's helping producers in, uh, in Asia to overcome the climate change uh, challenges. Um, so Excelsa appears to be very resistant to, to drought period, and it requires very low intervention by the human hand. So it doesn't require a lot of work to grow healthy. And that compared to Arabica and even some Robusta is, is a benefit for sure. Um, so yeah, producers are rediscovering this species, and I'm um, I'm really happy to be probably the f- the first one or one of the first one in Italy to have Excelsa, and uh, people are loving it. Uh, it's, so it's, well, really, I have so really many questions, but one I want to say for anyone listening who doesn't know, <laughs> there are multiple species um, of like coffee bean, right? But the most popular are Arabica and Robusta, and yes. Excelsa is a different species so it's taking it's it's another step out so it's like a big step um which is something a lot of consumers don't know and it's not their fault um because it's not necessarily you know on the package people see 100 percent arabica but they don't necessarily know what that means so um but which is so cool and i'm i'm i was curious and i wanted to ask before was like how did you find this producer in india um so we we always look for um, uh, unknown producers because um, we, of course, buy, first of all, good quality coffee. And if that's coming from a big producer with a, with a big name that everybody knows about it, that's, that's great. But we are even more happy when we can uh, put the spotlight on somebody that is not very popular. And uh, the Mule Manai was a great example for us. So they, they produce also Arabica uh, of good, of very good quality and Robusta. But then uh, I heard about uh, Excelsa, which is this new, relatively new species. And um, they were one of those producers actually that uh, had Excelsa ready to ship to, uh, to Europe. So that's why, that's why we, we wanted to collaborate with them. And then we tasted the coffee for the first time. Uh, it was amazing. I, I felt in love with it. And then, um, yeah, we started working with them, purchasing their coffee until um, uh, a month ago where I was lucky to, to be hosted in India by, by these people and, uh, and their coffee farms. So Akshay and Komal, who run the farms. And it was amazing to, to be able to see the, the coffee farms, to talk with them, see how they produce the coffee. And uh, yeah. 
that's that's probably my favorite part of my job, being able Absolutely, to because I think a big, a big notion, and, and it, it goes for coffee, wine, food, anything, is really closing that gap between the consumer and the producer. And because these supply chains, as you know, like bigger companies, coffee companies, they become so big, you know, because you have, you know, the coffee farm, but then you have, you know, the processing and then you have the transportation, you have all this stuff. And like trying to close that gap and, and, and not just necessarily from the climate perspective, but also from like the educational perspective of the consumer knowing who's making the coffee. Because I think I remember when you were doing your presentation, you're like, is coffee made in Italy, like produced in Italy, like the, the bean itself? And um, even though you're say, saying, which is really cool, there's experimental vineyards, yes. uh, not vineyards, sorry, I'm thinking wine, uh, farms, sorry, uh, in Sicily, uh, it's not, it's, you know, and, 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 and that's the most basic knowledge of it. But I, I think it's so beautiful because also like naturally nobody, not nobody, but many people don't think coffee when they think India, they think many other things. I, I think that's super cool. Yeah. Yeah, and also you you mentioned this before, and it's not it's not people's fault if they don't know. And um, when they go, for example, buy coffee at supermarket, and they see, uh, well, they mm -hmm. see what they see yeah. is the name of a coffee, the intensity probably of the coffee, and then if they're lucky, they see arabica or a blend arabica and robusta. But that doesn't really mean much. Um, as like a wine uh, wine label, you you have a lot of information about about everything, about variety, flavor profile. That's changing a little bit here too. But uh, we need to make people aware of uh, where coffee comes from in Absolutely. the first place because that's and, the most important. Um, before part. we you know end our interview, I want to dive a little bit more into um, how you see the future because you're super young. You're 30 years old. Uh, and so you're, you're engaging with a lot of different people in the industry, but how do you see, like, you know, I, I don't want to just say, oh, Gen Z, but like people your age and like under 30, what are some changes in the way they're drinking coffee? I thought about this because, uh, the, the younger generation is definitely more, uh, focused and more, um, they, they care a lot more about uh, the climate issues, for example. So they tend to be a little bit more aware of what they consume. Um, that doesn't really mean that they want to drink better coffee and they demand better coffee, but at least the curiosity of knowing where the coffee comes from and knowing a little bit more information about uh, uh, who produced that coffee uh, is in their head. And, and that's really, really positive because it makes our job uh, uh, so much more easy and also helpful we can really put our knowledge to their uh, needs. And I hope this will uh, will always be increasing in, in the near future. Um, regarding the, the drinks uh, they they normally consume, I don't really know because <laughs> I, I, I feel like I see a lot of uh, young people drinking the, um, you know, the big yeah. uh, cups of Starbucks milkshakes and all those kind of funny, funny drinks. Uh, but I don't really see a lot of them uh, um, drinking specialty filter coffee, for example. So we don't have time to <laughs> open up this other can of worms, but it's so it's something very interesting to me because there's that side where people, especially with um, how you know advanced social media has become, there's like this interest in in, in you know um, helping others throughout the world and caring about the climate, all this stuff. But then on the other side, with how like things like like uh, businesses like Starbucks have grown and the access to that and like 
just kind of the superficial like um, side of that of having this big pink drink. It's it, it also like takes the attention of teenagers, and it's or like t- not just teenagers but young people. I say teenagers because yes. I think about the Starbucks in Verona, and it was I felt even though it was still very Italian in ways, I felt like I was back home because it was the place everyone was like hanging out and they all wanted like fra- frappuccinos and stuff. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> I was like, am I in Italy sure. right now? <laughs> and, but it, it's, it's, it's a, a big discussion, which yes. unfortunately we are about at time, so we can't get into. So we'll leave a cliffhanger for the listeners. But before we go, we're going to do our classic finish where we go over five things in well under five minutes to wrap up and sum up more so uh, our interview today. And when you're ready, I'll get down to those five questions. Awesome. Yes. I, I just want to say it was um, amazing to to have this chat Absolutely. with you. Absolutely. Okay. Where are you? And what is your business uh, and what's the vibe? Monza. So my business is a specialty coffee roasting company, and we focus on unusual coffees. What was your uh, featured roast try different today? Things. Uh, today we roasted uh, a Chandragiri variety, oh, wow. which is an Arabica and variety. And what's the best way to India. prepare it? Recommend uh, preparing um, our coffees with um, uh, filter coffee machines of different types, like manual pour-overs so not or uh, automatic. Folks, but uh, we're not going to get US. into that. <laughs> Anyways, and then last but not least... The biggest question of them all. Can you share your thoughts on Italy's beverage future and maybe share with us one trend? Yes. So as I as I mentioned, I, I hope um, in the future we can uh, see more filter coffee being brewed and consumed in, in coffee shops around Italy. Um, so I, I really hope we, we can we can put the, the, the focus on uh, on different alternative brewing techniques. Uh, there is no espresso. I don't want to uh, remove ex- espresso from uh, our uh, culture, but I, I wish yeah, we're we can focus start on that filter. War. All right, perfect. Thank you so much. Definitely under five minutes. <laughs> Grazie mille, mille, Matteo. It was so wonderful to chat. Thank um, you, Victoria. And yes, so this is Matteo Pavoni of Peacock's Coffee. You can find his coffee all over Italy and the world. We'll light all the details. And yeah, thanks again. Thank you, Victoria. It was uh, awesome. And uh, bye to all, uh, all the listeners. As always, a big grazie for hanging out with me today. Remember, you can catch me on the Italian Wine Podcast every Sunday and anywhere you can get your pots.